Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, <laughs> my name is Betsy. I am a compulsive overeater. I am gratefully recovering. I'm uh, for sure a, um, if all goes well, I will be a lifetime member, a long lifetime member of this, of OA. So I, uh, I was going to show, I packed away a bunch of photo albums yesterday. So I, I don't have those, but I was going to at least see if I could show, I don't know if you can see this. This is a little picture of myself and my sister on a pony at my grandmother's farm. And I think my mother's there. Anyway, 1957 or something like that. 58. I'm a boomer baby. I was raised in a military family that moved around a lot. And um, I'm, I began, um, I just want to say the first time I was ever invited to speak in, it took me 20 minutes to get up to age 12 and the timer went off. So I'm trying, let me speed up a little and just say, it's good to be awake this morning. It's good to be alive. Even the rain is a good thing. I'm gonna appreciate that. I have a view out my window that I'm grateful for uh, of uh, roses and a redwood tree and my neighbor's cottages. Um, I came to OA after many ups and downs in weight, but I essentially became a chubby child and began looking for food in my, when I was about eight. But I can say that one of the lessons I've learned here is that I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be someone, you know, I remember at age three, going to the refrigerator and seeking out breakfast and which entailed smashing an egg on the floor accidentally. Um, I don't come from a family of compulsive overeaters. They, my mother was like, a, and my dad, they just, I don't know, you know, a vegetable, potato and meat. That was, that was, that was the meals. Um, um, but they were smokers. So they had their stresses and strains with that. But I became uh, an overeater um, when my relationship, you know, when I was about eight or nine and my relationship with my sister uh, went into the tank. She was the person I was closest to. And, you know, what, became, what had been sort of fun with food became sneaking food in the middle of the night. Uh, it didn't seem to be a problem, but I wore chubby clothes early on. I feel like I should track my time a little bit better. <laughs> so I'm, um, I, um, it's taken a lifetime. Um, and I'm glad for the life I have now. Back in, uh, I joined OA in 20 as, as having someone gone up and down all my life a little bit. I hated diets, but I did try them in my teens. Um, I was enormously self-conscious all the time. Um, but you know, I had close friendships and I had meaningful activities and I went off 
um, with high hopes in high school and college of, um, I don't know, being a great intellectual. I don't know what I wanted. Um, um, but I, you know, sought comfort in food, even when I was uh, probably my lowest in my teens was 145, 140. And I remember breaking up with a boyfriend and uh, going and telling people I'm getting, I'm getting food. <laughs> and I went to the grocery store and had, you know, not exactly a binge, but essentially a comfort, a comfort binge. So I, I found a way um, early on, but I couldn't stick around because it was two, two women in a church basement telling me that um, they would never be able to have sugar again or never be able to have chocolate again. And I just couldn't even fathom that, you know, thinking about that just drove, I just, I just couldn't do it. They, the other parts of the program went by me, but I'm grateful today that we don't say the Lord's prayer in program, even though that is a prayer that I grew up with in my childhood. Um, and the, those women had abstinence and they were showing me the best they had. And, but I, you know, I don't know, I thought I could do it on my own. That's kind of a refrain. I can do it on my own. That stuck with me, uh, you know, in childhood. I can teach myself how to play guitar. Well, I do not play the guitar. I can tell you that. <laughs> I taught myself one song. That's Five fine. minutes. Okay. So I, I don't know where that tells you. A headstrong, uh, willful, um, but also, you know, energetic in many ways child. Um, but my gradually... Uh, uh, in the, in, I discovered OA when I came out to California to attend graduate school here. And um, it was a pure accident. I lived in a house and someone was visiting from LA and she mentioned she found comfort in OA. And she was a very slender woman. And she told me there was a meeting like four blocks from my house. So I went back and um, it was a Sunday, um, um, returning people's meeting up and uh, you know, for people who, I don't even know what was said, but I wept in the back and I didn't say anything for really, I was afraid, I don't know. I was afraid I would start something I couldn't finish, which is absolutely true. <laughs> it turns out um, that, um, I mean, in the sense of like our lives, my life is, is not going to be, you know, complete, complete. I will always have some, presume I'll always have some goals and aspirations that I won't have met. But the truth is the substance of my life became better. You know, the relief of having a program of, I eventually got a sponsor, uh, praise be, I got a sponsor. And when that didn't work, I got another sponsor that people offered to me. And then I began asking. I remember doing the steps the first time giving my step away. I'm offering this as signs of uh, our step here. My sponsor invited me onto her king size or queen size bed. And I gave my steps, away, I gave my steps away to her. And it was wonderful to have that experience of, of comfort, of intimacy, of just to, even though I was learning things about myself, like I'm a sneak, I have sneaky tendencies. She's the woman who said, oh, you're sneaky. 
uh, meaning that I would go through people's files and look for information, mostly about myself. <laughs> um, so at that point, I did I did cultivate a relationship with a higher power, and I always had actually since since I was young, um, in prayer and even tried meditation or have meditated in my life. But in a way, the real the real recovery that I have, I should jump to the chase. In 2016, after having been in OA, had recovery, having left OA in order to go work full time and commute to San Jose and um, um, get married and basically lose touch with the program, I had gained um, slowly uh, over six. I, I was about 185 when I joined when I joined and when I left OA, and I was about did I say that 230, two, 255 when I re-entered or 2.30, I think, because I'd lost some weight, when I re-came back to OA. And for about five years, I, for, I struggled, but I was definitely committed to a couple of meetings a week. But in 2016, I was just heart sick, just heart sick. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get back into having a food plan. My memory would literally be that I struggled to write a food plan. And then I would forget it <laughs> as soon as I gave it away or wrote it up. And I, my last sponsor, formal sponsor at that time, had died. Um, but the truth is, I hadn't been calling her for years. So in 2016, I, I got, got on my knees again for the eighth time. And I just said, <sighs> I was actually on face down on the floor. So that position of humility meant a lot to me. And I was very, very intense about I, this cannot go on. I was walking to the refrigerator many times a day because I wasn't I was working at home. Um, not often, but I was a consultant and I would write constantly uh, or tried to write. And I just remember this intensity of prayer that came over me. Uh, and then I went to bed. And the only thing I knew in the morning is that I got up and I went to my meeting, which was at noon, and I gave service. I gave someone a ride home for the first time instead of just talking about it in my head. And that day I did not binge. I didn't spend the whole day in front of the refrigerator. It was really quite miraculous. And the next day the same thing happened. And I began to go to um, several more meetings and give more service by giving rides. 10 minutes. So I took a step that had nothing to do with food, had nothing to do with weight. It had everything to do with my willingness to say yes to situations, to people in front of me. And that I give total and complete credit to my willingness, finally taking step one, which is rather than trying to plan my food, and I'm not against food plans, they're extremely helpful and being prepared. But I, I gave up trying to control my weight and I gave, and instead I asked higher power to show me how to be of service. And um, a miracle happened. I stayed up, I, I, my food was not complicated and I was abstinent. And I went to a uh, visit a friend uh, in DC and often trips would trigger food. And the miracle again was that I was able to, uh, I, it turned out I was with a friend who I had forgotten was in OA. 
I think she's in how non totally non-judgmental. And I was able to to just to go to more meetings, to go to a uh, conference, a world service conference in Boston where my in-laws live. And I got a sponsor there by sitting in a row. So these miracles of just random, in a sense, miracles prove to me that I am in God's hands. I'm in some kind of miraculous hands when I turn over my will, which doesn't mean I stop being myself. It just means I start saying yes to situations that are of service or yes, that are a little bit uncomfortable for me. My sponsor was in that row and she needed to find a sponsee because her program, which is primary purpose program, helped me enormously because she sat in the row, she looked at me, we started a conversation and she asked if I needed a sponsor. I said, yes. And um, we began a phone call situation of working the big book steps, like literally, I should say like literal. Anyway, that's how primary purpose works in the big book. So I still I still read the steps. I, I go to meetings and we read the OA steps, but it was the big book and the short, fast path after, mind you, what was it? Over 20 years of the, the, the ugly the path that did not succeed after a while. I couldn't hold on to the regular tools, but this worked. This worked for me because it continually reminded me. Step 11 and the third step and the reminder in the big book that says when we're in doubt or consternation, we, we turn inward, we turn to God, we ask for the guidance. And that all of that has strengthened, I guess, is me taking step 11 over and over again seeking through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. Now, what have I gotten from this? I will say I am not a poster child of thinness. I am, I am still considered obese, but my weight has been more stable and my life has been more, I'm able to enjoy my life, to enjoy my clothing, to enjoy to the best of my ability, my body, which is mortal and, and 67. So I do have some, uh, I do, you know, I have to take care of it and I have to continually ask God, you know, what, what is my purpose? To, may I be of service today? When I wake up saying that, that's a good day, as opposed to, which sometimes I also do, pick up the phone, read the headlines and go, oh shit. <laughs> so the second, the, so that, that purpose has led me to lead many meetings and also to close meetings. It's led me to become the chair of an organization and it's led me to step back uh, at times from saying yes and realizing I do, I do have, have my husband, my family, my neighbors, and um, and to to give service to them or at least be present for them, rather than all the wonderful ambitions or seeming possibilities. It's also led me to be able to give service to folks, my unhoused neighbors who I was scared of before even though I was an advocate of um, older people and disabled people and unhoused people, I was an advocate in those realms, but I didn't have personal relationships with them. And now I do I, with them. You know, now I'm, I'm one among many on this planet and I don't get to run the zoo. I wish I could, but every day I do have to own up to, you know, my character defects. And I do this in prayer and I do this by, when it's time to make amends, uh, 
I, I'm not always able to figure out what amends would be, but I do apologize That's early. Thank you. I, I apologize early and often in an actual way of saying I have, I don't say it, I say it to myself. Okay, these are my character defects. I'm a compulsive eater. I have just, my ego has just come up and this person is telling me they are hurt or angry that I have, and I'm willing to, I'm willing to acknowledge that and take some responsibility for that um, without as the defensiveness <laughs> that, you know, I had to live under constant apology or defensiveness against my character defects. I feel um, that um, I can see the life that is possible without the, the mental obsession about how I should look, how I should weigh, without the physical obsession, most days, most times, I do not, I do not have a regret about what I'm eating. I will own up that yesterday I had a regret. <laughs> and this morning I'm like, how do I own that regret? And how do I, well, this is service. I'm giving some service and I thank you for that opportunity because it gets me out of that world that's you know, Betsy centered and gets me into the world where I'm part of this, like on the one hand, a beautiful web and on the other hand, a, a beautiful uh, and an ugly trap. You know, there's just a lot of things going on in this world that the isms, the, you know, the, there's a lot going on in this world that I would wish no one to have to suffer. And yet here we are, here we are. And, and that's a wonderful thing. It's not just here I am. It's that uh, the connecting with others and um, working with others and being one among others, some of whom have um, strong uh, needs <laughs> to be the leader. Um, I'm speaking now, my, some of my relationships with my neighbors. I, I live in an intentional co-housing community. And so it gives, it supports some of my weakness. It was like, would I ever get the roof fixed? I don't, I don't know, but I don't have to because I have neighbors who look out for the roofs in our little community. I have a husband who loves me and who has brought a sense of generosity into my life by, by being more generous like him. Um, I'm, I feel wealthier, but in fact, I also, because I am married, we have shared wealth and that gives me security in the world and allows me to go out and give, uh, not just of my time, which, you know, I have limits on, um, but also to share the resources that I have without feeling deprived. That's incredible. Um, so I, there's all the blessings of the program. I, I am still recently, uh, well, during the pandemic, two of my meetings failed or we close them down, I should say. And I, I do know that I work best with three meetings a week. So I'm glad to be here to at least add another meeting. Um, I'll put a pitch in for the Monday noon <laughs> meeting, 1210, um, because that's my home meeting and is the meeting where I became abstinent and um, am forever grateful for that. And I, I live in recovery. I mean, you know, you should judge me. I shouldn't judge that. But the way it feels is I can actually remember that I'm in God's hands. I can remember that I'm a compulsive overeater. 
and I can say it when I see it. When I see myself behaving in the old ways, I can see or feel it on the inside, then I can, I can hold my, you know, have that conscious contact with God. Did I make it happen? I don't know, but I do know that being of service helps for me to receive that miracle. So thank you all very much and for so much time to speak. <laughs>